special sort of cooking up for you um we're gonna talk about like the year in music when sam says the year in music we really mean our year in music <laughs> oh, because yes. there is a lot of music that came out this year that is simply not going to be mentioned spoken of or thought about on this pod right that's not to say that those aren't special and worthy and important conversations to have it's just not the conversation that we are having today no we are not going for journalism here strictly not journalism we, and we don't want any like accountability <laughs> no, no in the no, sense no. that like we're not saying like these are the best songs or albums because the emphasis is these are personal picks so these are not right we're not making a decision about what we think the song of the year is or the album of the year is there are much better publications you should look at and read and listen to who have the journalistic responsibility of declaring a song of the year yeah this is not a place for objectivity well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is in that like we're objectively right about everything yeah, that we say, but we don't. But we don't deserve to be held accountable for anything that we say on this podcast, and we also don't deserve to be held accountable for like marking our you know stamp of right. approval on what we think the best song or the most important or most meaningful song that came out this year for the culture because we're only speaking about our culture of two which is <laughs> right. sam and ilana the hosts of we're right about this a podcast about, about music, music culture and, and musical, musical culture. culture the way that we're going to do this um is we are going to list our respectively our 10 favorite songs yes we have not spoken about these songs yet we do not know what the other person has to say mm -hmm. what their list looks like etc yep this is more the songs part is more for like our own discovery like being surprised and perhaps not surprised by what we chose i also think that sam and i are in agreement that if you're going to assess like how you actually felt about music that came out in a year like songs are a worse metric than albums I feel like trying to find your favorite songs from a year is more of a feat. It requires a little bit more mining, a little bit more searching through stuff, an actual analysis. I feel like with albums, especially this year, where there were so many good ones and like a few just like big juggernauts, you kind it's easier to keep track as the year goes on of what what the albums that were defining your year were. Totally. And I also think so much of a selection process for songs is like a gut feeling. Yes. So. Yeah. So we're going to start with songs. Yeah. Um, so. Without further ado. We're starting. We're starting. Sam, what is your 10th favorite song from this year? My 10th favorite song from this year is Out of the Blue by Katie Pruitt. Katie Pruitt is this country singer who put out an album kind of in the middle of the year called Expectations. And that album f was hit and miss for me. Um, but this song was like fucking amazing. I know you were listening to this so much. Yeah. So she, okay. There's so much that I love about this song. One, Katie Pruitt has this unreal singing voice. Her range is insane. She can just like scream, scream, scream at the top of her lungs and like growls as she does it. And it's this like really awesome, really emotional, like raw thing. And she uses that on this song. This song like starts as this 
beautiful love song that's really like vivid and earnest and it's in three four so or maybe six eight it's like got these really juicy chords and there's mm-hmm. um it starts as this beautiful love song that's really earnest and then it turns out that in a swiftian twist that oh god the whole song was like looking at a relationship in retrospect and it ended like a year ago and like the last line of the song is today I stopped and thought of you out of the blue. Mm. And it's like You've shown me this and it is yeah, a really beautiful and, and song. It's it's beautiful. She did a tiny desk concert that's pretty good and just like she's yeah, this song is really good and just got a ton of plays from me. I love that. Thank you. Okay. Ilana, what is your tenth favorite song of the year? So my tenth favorite song of the year is Song for Our Daughter by Laura Marling. Yep. Great this, song. This is yeah, so this is a song that occasionally, and I'm sure you have felt this before, I like describe like certain songs or certain albums like if you like develop a crush on a friend where like you might hear it a billion times and then on the billionth and one first time. Right. All of a sudden you're like oh my god this is an amazing song and it's like seeing a friend in a new light so this song i had heard i'd listened to this album a handful of times when it came out i liked it it wasn't like anything standout but then there was a song exploder episode about it which is a podcast slash i guess new netflix show that people should listen to and watch and it sort of breaks down the way that songs are written and made The song is uh, basically just, like, a message to Laura Marling's hypothetical daughter. She doesn't have a daughter, which for some reason made this song feel more beautiful to me about essentially the experience that many women go through of, like, surviving sexual violence and also part of Laura Marling's process of writing this song and inspiration for writing this song was just, like it was basically just like she was kind of coming to terms with this experience that she had. And it's really just like one of those songs that is like musically and lyrically so simple, but it just gets at something perfectly. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, it just is like hit me so strongly Mm -hmm. and it's just like one of the most like, just like simple and beautiful songs like written from like mother in theory to child about Mm -hmm. like what it looks like to grow old and like the fear that Laura Marling holds of having to one day tell a child of what the world might look like to her. But it's like very tender and very sweet and it's just a beautiful song. Hell yeah. Sam, what is your number nine? My number nine is XS by Rina Sawayama. I'm so glad that we got a a Rina call out on this. So Sawayama is the name of the album. This was her debut album. And XS, I think, was the lead single from it. So it's called XS, like the letters XS, but it's XS. The whole song is basically like a satirization of excess and like fame and money and capitalism and all these things. And Rina Sawayama is this like quote unquote hyper pop artist. Mm-hmm. Almost like a she gets also labeled under new metal a lot too, yeah, which so she, is cool. I would liken her to like a little bit of Grimes, a little bit of like Poppy. Um, she she just she incorporates a lot of like metal into her bubblegum pop music, and totally does that on this song. It's like just a bop. It's yeah, so it's fun. So good. 
it's this like simple catchy earwormy pop song but there are these moments of like harsh metal electric guitars and like there are these spoken words throughout the song and there are these like it's this like monster deep voice and it's like it's a song that satirizes excess both in its content and sonically by like painting this like really bubblegummy picture and then just like hitting with these hard dark out of nowhere moments and I just really like it. The music video is also really good. And she just seems really cool. Yeah, I think that she's, like, gonna, yeah. like, be it. Oh, completely. And this was, like, such, like, to me, like, this album was, like, just such, like, a debut of someone who's about to just make, like, a perfect album kind of thing. Completely. Yeah. She's a fantastic pop musician. And you're just doing something super cool. Yeah. And, yeah. like, and, like earnestly innovative. Yeah. Which, Which is, is really, cool. it's just awesome to see. Yeah. yeah. Great. Ilana, what's your ninth favorite song of the year? So, after quite a bit of agonizing of what <laughs> song of this artist was going to end up on my top, I landed on Girls in the Hood by cool. Meg Thee Stallion. Very cool. And I picked this for, like, a couple of reasons. The first being just that, like, I love this song. And I don't feel like this got to shine quite as much as, definitely not as much as Savage. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, like technically a single yet off of good news but i really love this because i think it to me represents everything about meg that i adore Mm -hmm. for those who don't know girls in the hood is a play off of the song boys in the hood which is a easy slash like nwa track she essentially is rapping over the same beat it's like a slightly different production but that's like an intentional choice and it's completely if you've heard boys in the hood like you hear this and it's immediately recognizable yeah but it sort of just like shows her like deep nuanced understanding of like earlier hip-hop and maybe her like affinity for that kind of hard very much just like bars sort of rapping but it's like totally hers yeah it's like about like her particular like brand of empowerment she puts like a great chorus over it that doesn't really exist in the real song when she's like i'm a hot girl i do hot shit and it's just like really fun and it was just like when she came out with this i was just like so happy i also really like the song boys in the hood but also like understand like it's easier for me to just love this song yeah, I think what's cool about this song specifically and just Megan in general is it's this like combination of this reverence and also like a subversion of Absolutely. This like type of rap music. It's sampling it, so obviously it's paying homage, but it's Yeah. And also I think almost in a way is like tongue in cheek. Yeah. It's like a reverence, but also kind of like a, a mocking. Yeah. I don't want to make any claims about the way Meg feels about NWA or Easy E right. or male rappers in general but (laughs) her behavior suggests that it's kind of like oh you think you're good at this shit like just watch me do my thing yeah sam yes ilana number eight my number eight is people i've been sad by christine and the queens i thought this would be higher on your list yeah i kind of did too yeah um i don't like it just was one of my favorite songs of the year um i don't really like even know what the song is like about and that is because half of it is in French but even the part that is in English there's nothing really specific about it but like the line is 
it's true that people have been sad. And I'm like, yeah, same. <laughs> like, like, it's this... Christina in the Queens is this... She's she's one person. And she's this French pop singer who makes bilingual music. She, make, she put out an EP um, at the beginning of this year called La Vida Nuova. That is fantastic. It's just... It's like a perfect quarantine song. It's also, like, I think a really great quarantine pop song in the sense that it is... Yeah. I don't know if low energy is quite the word, but it's not. So it's it's yeah. it's driving, but it's not upbeat. Yeah, it's really not up. It's it's low tempo. Yeah, almost like a power ballad. Yeah. Um, her voice is insane, and the the chorus is so like cathartic and great, and the way she processes her voice and the way she processes the harmonies, like the end of the bridge, is like. Oh, there's this moment where like all of the instrumentals drop out, which is my favorite thing that ever happens in music. <laughs> when, when all the, the instrumentals, instrumentals drop, drop out. out. We like that. <laughs> we like that. And it's like 10 of her voices singing this line in French that I don't really know what it means, but the last line is, um, the sun burns me again. Just, I don't know. I love that. <laughs> I, this was a song that I very much had the experience of like, when it came out, a bunch of people were like, this is an amazing song. And I listened to it once and was like, this is fine. And then it was stuck in my head. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. This it's is... an earworm. Oh, completely. yeah. But it, but it doesn't feel like it. Because there's some songs. It's not that annoying. You, yeah. and But it's also, like, not because it's not this, like, huge pop right. chorus, whatever. It gets in there so subtly that, like, once you're hooked, it's just, like, the only song you want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic It's a fantastic song. Great. Ilana, what's your eighth favorite song of the year? So this is one of my kind of more out there okay. picks that I have on this list. And it is the title track off of the, one might say folk super group, Bonnie Light Horseman's album. Oh, yeah. Bonnie Light Horseman. The okay. song is Bonnie Light Horseman. <laughs> and kind of an odd pick also off of this album because yeah. there's other songs on this album that I think got maybe a little more attention. Yeah. But yeah, Bonnie Light Horseman is like, as I said, a super group that is comprised of like a couple of random people who are like in the folk music world, but particularly Anais Mitchell, mm -hmm. who wrote the book and music for Hadestown. Oh. Did you not know I, that? I, I never made that connection. No, like she wrote Hadestown. Gotcha. So she's obviously a genius. <laughs> yeah. And this is, like, an album of, like, reimagined traditional folk music. Very much. This is, like, a Scottish folk song from, mm. like... Like, the chorus goes, Napoleon Bonaparte, you're the cause of my woes. <laughs> but the thing about this song that I think is so extraordinary is, like, the first couple of times I heard it, I did not understand that it was a folk song from the 1800s or late 1700s yeah. because of, like, the breath of life that is, like, added to this. It feels like a contemporary kind of, like, prog folk. It, it's just, like, it's just, like, a beautiful song with this, like, beautiful sweeping chorus and these gorgeous strings and, like... I have, like, so many times this year, like, driving in the car, walking down the street, just, like, belting this, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Napoleon Bonaparte. It's just, like, <laughs> um, and Anais Mitchell has a really cool voice, and it just, like, is just, like, I think something that's really fun and also feels, like, it, I think it's just sort of cool to see something that felt 
almost like an academic undertaking for these people right create this like really beautiful work that like resonated with me and also like it kind of represents like how songs if they're really good songs can transcend one given person situation because i am obviously not a woman from the late 1700s praying that my husband comes back from war napoleon bonaparte is not the cause of your woes. not at all it's it's capitalism (laughs) but but the emotionality of the song really comes through and you're really like damn like this is really sad yeah and there's like a deep sadness and like a hope and like a joy in it and it's just like this is an incredible song um Cool. cool. Sam, number seven? My number seven. Lucky number seven? My lucky number seven is a little song. Don't know if you've heard of it. It's called WAP, performed by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Hell yeah. I think if we were to be journalists, we would have to put this song at number one. I agree. And we would be in the company of, like, most other, <laughs> right. like, NPR, NPR and Pitchfork. Pitchfork. Yeah. I just think culturally this was the song of the year. Yeah. But I also just, like, fucking love it. I remember where I was when this came out. I was on vacation in Martha's Vineyard with my family. I saw the music video on my phone and was like, wow, I can't show this to anyone (laughs) who I'm with right now. Um, Because it's just, it's so dirty. It's so funny. All of their verses, it's just line after line after line after line. Every single line is perfect. I was hoping you would have this on your list because I didn't. And Mm. it was like a tough cut to make. Right. Because I wanted to talk about it. But I think that the thing about this song that when I first heard it was one of the bigger takeaways I have is that I love that it really showed how differently Cardi B and Megan rap. And I loved seeing them working together because it not only just like showed like we're not pitted against each other. We're going to make music together, but also just demonstrated like there are many different ways that women can be rappers. Right. And I also watched the debut of the music video i was like i was i was also sort of like home for some reason and when i heard them say i was like oh my god this is a song and the chorus is wet ass pussy. is wet ass pussy holy shit yeah. <laughs> i just i needed someone to share it with yeah but there i couldn't there i couldn't no exactly one. show it to my mom you yeah. know a perfect song for the like cultural landscape right now because it's just like it's hilarious but also like very empowering and like absurd that this song exists and is so like earnestly good like it's it's like well done and also the production on it is like great when there's just like someone in the background they're just like rapping over someone saying there's some whores in this house like it's just so much like not to even, like, over-intellectualize it. It's just, like, funny and it's good. But it's also just, like, obviously, like, a reclamation of... So much. Of just things you're supposed to be ashamed of, which is having a lot of sex and, like, vaginas. Yeah. And it's just cool. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. Ilana, what's your number seven? My lucky number seven <laughs> is Cut Me by Moses Sumney. Great song. So, okay. This was another one that... So, because Grey is an album that came out in two parts. Um, and the first part came out in... February. And so he had a chance, Moses Sumney, to perform this mm-hmm. on like some late night shows before you know what. <laughs> and there is like a version of him doing this. And he is wearing a halter top, tank top with like a chain gold necklace and bell bottom pants and 
like a, like a heeled Chelsea boot kind of. Mm-hmm. And he has, Moses Sumney has like an insane voice. Yes. An insane range. Yeah, it's this, like, like extraterrestrial. There's nothing needs to be added yeah. to it to for it to be the main attraction. But the opening of the song is this like huge bass line. And it's this deeply sexy bass line. And I think when I watched him perform, he's like just like a really sensual kind of like he gets a lot of like Prince comparisons because mm-hmm. he plays with androgyny a little bit. And this is a song about the fact that he is like a masochist sexually. <laughs> and watching that performance was like again like a clicking moment where it like I had gone from hearing the song and being like, Oh, this is pretty good to just like feeling it viscerally. Yeah. And you really kind of get the top and the bottom of his range in this song, too, which is, like, part of the reason I like it. But it's just, like, on an album that is, like, quite dense at points, it's this, like, really just, like, amazing, like, incredibly groovy, like, really, like, body-friendly. His music is so visceral. Yes. And, yeah. And that yeah. It has, like, this, like, really <clears throat> amazing, like, performance element of it, and it's also just kind of, like, the little... It's not even, like, tongue-in-cheek. It's, like, about the fact that he, like, likes pain during sex, during sex which <laughs> I just think is really cool. Yeah. And, like, the instrumentation on it is just really good. There's these, like, little quiet horns. It's but really he, sparse. Yeah, and he, like, lets this, like, crazy instrument that he has just take over the whole thing. And it's also kind of earwormy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love that song. Yeah, fantastic song. Number six, Sam? My number six is... If You're Too Shy, Let Me Know by the 1975. My worst trait is that I love the 1975. I I honestly don't... I don't have a ton to say about it. It's just, like... It's classic 1975. They have such an understanding of groove and... Their music connects with, like, my body and, like, body rhythms in this really smart way. And um, this is a song about FaceTime sex, which is extremely fitting for you know what <laughs> and I, it's just it's just a bop it's so catchy and i just i think it's really good i need to like open my heart up to the 1975 like if you just accept the fact that maddie healy is a complete nightmare it's there speaking as a woman <laughs> True. the fact that there is just an album of theirs named i like it when you sleep <laughs> For yours are beautiful, but so unaware of it. It's just hard for me to get past that. That all being said, I know people that I like deeply respect and agree with on a lot of music things are like the 1975 are great. Yeah, they are. They managed to push the envelope with pop music in a way that is not really verging outside pop music. Yeah. Do you know, like, I think a lot of people, when we think doing like experimental things with pop music, we think like combining pop with metal like Rina Sawayama or whatever it is they don't do that like it's explicitly pop music but they find a way to like truly be original in that genre I just have never like found anything by them that I've been like I want even like love it if we made it like that song that everyone's like I know and like I was like tried to get into it but that's okay so that song is great but it's not a good example of what I'm talking like this for me my favorite song by them by far is Ugg it's just UGH, and it's from I Like It When You Sleep For You Are So Beautiful, yet so unaware of it. Um, it's just like... That's nightmarish. That's and, and I think nightmarish. that... They, they, I think there is, like, some irony to it. Well, I think it's... But like, it's ambiguous. The thing with Maddie Healy is that it's, like, very, very, very on the cusp of, like, 
ironic performance of fame and being an actual nightmare. Yeah. But at some point, it's like... What's the difference? If people really have to super be in on your joke to get the joke, it's not a good joke. <laughs> right. And Yeah. But, okay, I'll accept it, whatever. Yeah. But, and I just... I found this song to be just, like, very catchy and really good. Um, Great. The cor- the the line in the chorus is, maybe I would like you better if you took off your clothes. Ugh. And that's hot. Yeah. Ilana, what's your six? Ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah. So the song is Ladies by Fiona Apple. Yeah. Hard for me to pick a song on this album. Mm-hmm, completely. Um, in part because I love this album top to bottom and also in part because I think that this is the sequencing on this is in my mind perfect yeah so it's like to listen to any one song in isolation it's just like I don't know if this is the song that I like the most but this is the song that if I was just wanted to hear a song from this album I would turn it on so a lot of this record has kind of a very um the, the production is mostly focused on where it is rhythmically and a little less melodically. But this song is a little bit more driven by melody. melody. And it, I think, gets at the kind of, like, more uplifting end of a lot of what this album talks about, which is, like, Fiona Apple has said before that Fetch the Bolt Cutters is a lot about her relationships with other women. And this song is basically just, like, about her talking about the ex of her current partner or the ex of an ex of her partner and basically just being, like, I think you're awesome and cool. And, like, there's, like, (laughs) that little part. It's, like, there's a dress in the closet. Uh Don't get rid of it. You look good in it. I didn't fit in it. It was never mine. It belonged to the ex-wife of another ex of mine. Brilliant. And and it's, it's, like, a brilliant song that is also just, like, in a way... I like it for the fact that it has, like, a queerness to it for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's much that the queer community gets so much better than straight people. But I do think queer people are a lot better at dealing with their exes. Or oftentimes, I think, understand the nuances of those kinds of relationships. And if you are in a community where the dating pool is a little bit smaller, you might know the ex of an ex or whatever and be friends with those people. Right. And I kind of just, like, love that liberation of like you should be friends with people who you might be romantically entangled with in some netting yeah and i just love that as a premise and i think the song is beautiful i think it's like just a i mean fiona apple is an artist that has like is incredibly important to me and this just like i i also think that this song um did a really good job of showing her writing and how funny she can be and how Mm -hmm. funny she often is on this album um and so much of this album is also quite dark and quite bracing and so I've always found this moment of levity in it to just kind of be like a welcome sigh. Yeah, a welcome a welcome thing to hear and <laughs> completely. Yeah, and I love this song. More Fiona to come. Woo! Okay, I'm excited to hear what what might be on your list. Yeah. Sam, what is your number 5? My number 5 is Levitating by Dua Lipa. This was my number 11. So Levitating is what I call a disturbia in that it has many sections and every single section is equally catchy but completely different from one another and i call it a disturbia because like to me disturbia by rihanna is like the epitome of that so fucking true and so levitating is that like it's just it's such a good it's such a good song it's the it's the epitome of like the disco thing that has happened this year Gigi good from rupaul's drag race did this virtual performance of this song and it was like 
her and two other drag queens in a white room and Gigi had this like gorgeous like huge red curly hair and this like bell-bottomed jumpsuit and it was just like that is where I want to be with this song it's like I just want to dance to it I don't it's not that I don't like dancing but I'm like viscerally uncomfortable with my body (laughs) and moving it but this is a song that like makes me feel like I should dance and that I deserve to dance yeah it's it's also just like so simple it's like my sugar boo I'm levitating yeah that's all you need you know (laughs) that's like really also like normally a song like this I think would just be like such a standout in an album but with an album that's just like full of just like incredible hooks yeah this is the one that like clawed its way to the top for me yeah same but just it's so good it's like asking to be step touched too yeah like, it's just oh it's it's groovy there's this great like funky bass line happening like, yeah deep under it it's like beautifully crafted disco inspired pop music perfect which it's is like, like what has been happening this year which we love which we love yes Ilana, what's your number five we're getting a little in our feelings like kind of a sharp <laughs> okay. transition from levitating but i have chosen moon song okay off of the phoebe bridgers record punisher love um and this was another similar to the fetch the bull cutters like a dog fight of what song was going to make it to the top and very it was just much like same a lot of deliberation and <sighs> this song is so good yeah it <laughs> this was this was really hard because there are just so many songs on this album that i just adore yeah but I remember, because I listened to Punisher for the first time, I was on a run, which is not the vibe at all of this album. <laughs> no. But it was, like, the first chance I had to hear it. It was, like, a Friday morning. This was a song that when she said the line, you're holding me like water in your hand, I completely just stopped <laughs> running. and was like, oh, my God. Um, this is a sad song. Yeah. She basically draws out this long analogy of her love for this person who may or may not be Connor Oberst being like she is a dog dropping a dead bird at his feet basically being like I am so in love with you that I'm just going to give you everything I can whether or not you want it or whether or not if I could give you the moon yeah and and I would give you the moon yeah that idea of like loving somebody so much and the last line of it is when you saw the dead little bird, you started crying because, you know, the killer doesn't understand. Like, <laughs> this idea of, like... <laughs> I know, it's like... <laughs> like, it's like... it's like if, I need, like, a content warning before anyone's going to play this song. Just, <laughs> yeah. like, the idea of, like, not only you giving your love to someone so wholeheartedly and, like, not getting why they don't respond, but, like, the pain that that person is feeling seeing you do that. Yeah. And caring for you so much. It, it's just like... It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. It's so good. She should be arrested for the way the production changes after she says the word moon. Like, it's if, so good. If she, the, the, she goes, like, if I could give you the moon. And, like, as she says the word moon, these, like, really high choral voices, like come in the mix from like on top of it and it's like oh I'm underwater (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) it's just like it's unreal that song is so fucking good yeah so that was my Punisher pick okay and that was hard my my Punisher pick is to come yeah okay okay Sam number four my number four is Susie Save Your Love by Ali X and Mitski 
Do you know that song? I literally have never heard this song. I think you have. Because I've... Well, actually, maybe you haven't. But this is a song about being in love with a straight person. Which, you know, happens. <laughs> um, and it's so basically, the, Susie is like the subject of this song. And the premise is that in this first verse it's Ali X and in the second verse it's Mitski but they're both kind of playing the same the narrator who is like helping Susie deal with like this shitty boy and triggering 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 but it's just this it's this like I just love songs that are about these like specifically queer experiences totally. that don't get a ton of cultural play and like there's just this part where Susie is like having her drive her up and down this boy's street, like passing his house, like wait, like, and it's it's just like it speaks to this like torturous like relationship that you can have as a queer person to a straight person where they they're just like are completely taking for granted like everything about friendship because they've just like never had to think about this ever and so so the 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 line is like save your love for someone like me why are you i'm glad i did not hear this song it's but it's also i'm 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 kidding because obviously i I will listen to it immediately after this we finish yeah like but it's also like a bot like it's it's there's like a, a good beat to it it's like slinky and kind of sexy but just like a great sad anthem for queer people being in love with straight people. When you just said taking your friendship for granted, that really just like it's a whole th- yeah yeah like, because because they've just never they've, they've never thought about they've it. They've never like like when they have a friend that is the same gender as them, they just like n- it never th- occurs to them. Yeah, and so there's just so much that they take for granted because of it. Yeah, we're working, <laughs> we're working through drama on the pod. <laughs> 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 If I could give you the moon. If I could give you the moon, I would. I, ultimately, I would give you the fucking moon. Um, anyway. Woo! Anyway, just fin- You made it dark. I'm really glad. I'm going to do a little... I'm doing a change of pace on this one. Okay, great. We're making a change. And that is because, in the words of Taylor Swift, I did something bad. It feels so good because I cheated a little bit on this. Okay. And I picked a song that came out at the tail end of 2019 that That's ended fine. up on an album From that came out this year. I had tried hard to find another song on this album that I could pick, but at the end of the day, it had to be In the Party by Flo Millie yeah. because this song oh, is so good. So good. I am really excited to see what happens with Flo Millie. Me too. Um, Ho, Why Is You Here? Great album. Which, yeah, which is the album. Great album. Iconic album name. I feel embarrassed reading it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, why am I here? Like, uh. um, You're younger than me. I think I think that kind of like in a sharp turn from what we were just talking about, there are songs that you hear where you're like, wow, this really speaks to me and my experience. And then there are songs that like almost act as a form of escapism. And Flo mm-hmm. Millie for me is like escapism music because mm-hmm. it is like, what it would be like to be just, like, an incredibly beautiful, obscenely confident mean girl. Yeah. The beginning... The first line of the song is, Dicks up when I step in the party. <laughs> I couldn't write about... Like, that's great. <laughs> like, 
you know exactly what's going on there. <laughs> it's just like, it's it's just like a fun song. It's like stupidly catchy. Yeah. The that chorus that is essentially just a schoolgirl taunt. Yeah. No, I got your man. Yeah, like the, it's literally goes, "Bitch, I got your man. Since you mad ho, come catch him if you can." <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, I just like, I love this song and I just kind of like love Flo Millie. I yeah. think she's just like... She excites me a whole lot. Yeah. I, I also just think like there is such a sense of like ease to what she does and watch the Flo Millie Genius Verified lyrics videos for Be- yourself. Right. Because sh- she's, she's not, she's not taking herself super seriously. She's like, oh, I was high as fuck and I thought this was funny. Yeah. So I wrote it. Like, it, it's not self-serious. It's just, yeah. like, fun for the sake of being fun, and it's good for the sake of being good, and it totally comes across, and it is just, like, an unbelievably fun and good song to listen to for whatever you're doing. Yeah. I love this song. It's so good. As, as a way to lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. This will continue to lighten the mood. Number three. We're in the top three. We're in the top this three. This is very exciting. My number three is Stupid Love by Lady Gaga. Okay, so, so so much of what was amazing about this song was, like, what it represented for Lady Gaga. Because pretty much, so she released Art Pop in 2013. Did American Horror Story. Won a fucking Golden Globe for American Horror Story. In 2016, released Joanne. And in 2018, did Star is Born and was kind of doing the Star is Born thing, like, into 2019 and through 2019. So she was, she had this period of, like, intense, like, earnestness. And, like, the narrative around Gaga was that she was kind of, like, norming out. And then she released this song, which was a complete return to Gaga at her, in my opinion, absolute fucking best. It's, like, simple, well-produced, danceable pop music with this, like, bite and this wink. It's just, it's over the top, but not so over the top. So, okay, I... I'm an art pop apologist. I think art pop is great. I get if you don't like art pop, that's fine. It's not the most listenable album in the world. But this song was like, oh my god, like Chromatica is going to be like art pop, but like listenable. Because this was like just as weird. It's just as out there. It's over the top. She cre- The music video, she created six different gangs that live on this planet of Chromatica. And like, it's just over the top and stupid. But it's like... A really simple pop song. And it's so good. It's like mainlining serotonin. It's, it, yeah. It's just like the releases are so gratifying. It's, it's like dumb. It's campy. It's campy. It's there, just, there are these it, yeah. amazing vocal moments to latch on to. But most importantly, it is stupid. And like, I maintain, not only is this the best song on Chromatica, but if Chromatica... Rain On Me? Yes. Okay. Ra- okay. Well, Rain On Me served its... Per- My relationship to Rain On Me was more like holy shit, I want to go to a club right now. Okay, yeah, sure. It was like, oh my god, this is a perfect club song. And it's a bop, and it's a fucking great pop song. I would say it's the second best song on Chromatica. Yeah. But for me, like, I am into the weirdness of Gaga. Yeah. And I want her to be stupid and campy. And Rain On Me is definitely a little bit of that, but Stupid Love is, like, dialed all the way up. And I just, like, really, really like that. If Chromatica had been Stupid Love... Rain on me, and then ten more stupid loves. It would have been fucking amazing. It's the best Lady Gaga song to come out in a while. Yeah, it's a really good song. Okay, Ilana, what's your number three? My number three is 
a song that I'm honestly not sure if you know it, but okay. I probably shared it with you at some point, and it is called Neon Cross by Jamie Wyatt. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is the second lesbian country singer <laughs> to show up on this list. Love it. Um, this my, my note on it is, this song just fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. um, and as I mentioned, I was doing a lot of running this summer, and so I would sort of listen to, it's like a pretty like upbeat country rock yeah. album. But, you know, this came out at the very beginning of the summer, and like the summer, I think, even though, like, we were still, like, you know, in, like, lockdown. It was the first time that things started to feel a little bit, like, lighter. I was able to spend time outside because it is cold until, like, mid-May <laughs> somehow every year. And, like, this is just, like, a song that, like, the chorus just goes. It makes yeah. me feel, like, sexy and cool. And, like, it's just, like, tall glasses, cold liquor, two <laughs> boxes of alligator shoes. Like, that's, yeah. like, part of the chorus. Um and yeah, I just think it's like fun for the sake of being fun. And it's just like a classic country, like the themes are all there. It's yeah. like you're at a bar, you're wearing snake skin. Um, I love this album before I found out she was queer, like it even more now that <laughs> I know that. Generally, I just like like to see different kinds of people like make ways in country music. And I think my like biggest note on this was like, this was not a huge year for like overly challenging music for me. And we'll talk about this more when we get into the album list a little bit, but, like, I normally, like, am excited about engaging with music that maybe takes some time to really get into. And I think I just didn't feel like doing that a lot this year. I wanted yeah. to listen to things that made me feel, like, happy and made me feel good and, like, totally. you know, Punisher obviously being a major exception. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, as I said, I was, like, running a lot this summer and yeah. I, like, love to listen to full albums while I run. And it just is, like, nice, like... Like, I heard this song, I read a review of it, I turned on the album, I was lying in bed, and I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be one of my favorite songs that come out this year. Because this is just, it clicked immediately, and it never stopped clicking, and it, every yeah. time I listened to it, it feels good. I sent it to so many of my friends, all of my friends loved it, and it's just, like, nice to kind of have, like, a communal moment of, like, this is an amazing record. Yeah, and a great song. that song. Yeah, that's my number three. Hell yeah. Number two. Number two, bringing it back to Punisher. My pick was Kyoto. I thought that would be your pick. Literally, like you just said about Neon Cross, I was like, the first time I heard this song, I was like, oh, cool, like, this is going to be one of my songs of the year. You said that to me. It, you, lit you literally did say, <laughs> this is the best song that has come out this year and might be my favorite song that comes out all year. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I instantly got it. Like, it instantly understood everything that it was trying to say. I just appreciate lyrics that don't require a ton of parsing. Yeah. And and I think this song especially is just like she says what happens. And she deals with, you know, cuz it's about her, her relationship dad. with her dad who yeah. um is an alcoholic and definitely seems like he just like was not a great. Yeah. And it's also over this like the probably the only like earnestly like super fun <laughs> production. Yeah. I wrote like the production is perfection. Yeah. Like it's messy where it needs to be messy. It's like grungy where it needs to be grungy but it's really crisp in the right places the background vocals are like placed in just the right places so that they sound almost like like whispers that you don't even notice it's just it's so perfectly crafted the horn line is amazing yeah and it's also just like a bop yeah like it's also like got a good beat and it's fun to like tap your foot to despite crying being... on the dance floor is my yeah. favorite genre. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's it. And it's just like... Yeah. Th that's what this is. It's, a, it's, it's such a good song. It's such a good song. It 
has so much breadth in what it's saying, but it's about this one person in her life, the framed through this trip to Kyoto. Just there's some amazing lines in the first chorus. I'm going to kill you if you don't beat me to it. Oof. And then in the second chorus, it's I don't forgive you, but please don't hold me to it. Yeah. It's like... It's concise. Concise. Yeah, it's But so communicative good. and like yeah. you get it immediately. She's reminiscing about her relationship with her dad, but also like coming to terms with the reality of the situation. Like he said, you called on his birthday. You were off by like 10 days, but you get a few points for trying. But yeah. then, remember getting the truck fixed when you let us drive it. 25 felt like flying. And then the production on flying is so good. It's, it's just, so good. it's like yeah. every single moment of this song is so well-crafted. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, an, it's, like, it's an amazing song. Yeah. Great. Great. Ilana, so, what's your number two, baby? So my number two, you know how you said that your favorite genre is Crying on the Dance Floor? Yeah. My favorite genre is songs about music being good. Is it Sunblind? It is Sunblind. Yeah, baby. Foxes. Yeah. Um, this is a, a great the, song. Yeah. So the morning that it came out on the solstice, on the fall solstice, <laughs> I like made myself a cup of coffee and I like sat down to go listen to it. And the first song of the album bleeds right into this song. And when it got to the chorus, I laughed out loud because of how <laughs> euphoric I felt yeah. listening to it. And I... Whatever a new album comes out that I am invested in, I always listen to the beginning to the end. Yeah. And I stopped and I just listened to this for a second time immediately. I love it. I needed to hear it again. Yeah. The chorus is just... Yeah. Um, it's so feel good. And it's like, feels amazing to listen to. It's just like melodically beautiful. But then when I went and looked at the lyrics was when the song like really solidified for me about it just being so good because it's basically just like a tribute talking about musicians who have died and about what it feels like to kind of like him as an artist to be kind of like creating music kind of in the wake of all of these people but also as a fan of just like what it means to like truly love a musician mm -hmm. and love music and the chorus has I want to swim for a weekend warm American water with dear friends and American water is the name of um kind of like the opus some might say of this band called the silver jews that was a project by this musician named david berman who is someone who i love and whose music was very meaningful to me at various points and he very tragically committed suicide uh in the summer of 2019 i had tickets to go see him play in like two weeks after that jesus yeah it was it was like a death that affected me a lot I have found it really difficult to listen to David Berman's music um, since he died. And hearing Robin Pecknold describe like swimming in like the summer in the light with your friends, like listening to music that you love made me feel better about going back into his discography yeah. because I was like the joy that these people bring. It's like, Right. The music outlives the people. And that is what the, the song is about. And, you know, and it says, in your rarefied air, I feel sun blind. Like, just yeah. just being amongst you, it's like I can't even see past the art that you've made. Um, and I love this song. It's beautiful. It doesn't even make me sad to listen to because it's just, like, so gorgeous. And, yeah. All right. And we've made it to our number one. Number one for me. Bringing it back to Miss Apple is mm -hmm. I Want You to Love Me. 
Interesting. I mean, I obviously cannot fault this pick. Right. I'm surprised, though. I thought I thought it was going to be Shamika. No, I mean, okay. It is the perfect opener for this album. Totally agree. Um, because it represents her putting her foot down in a lot of ways. I feel like this song is like, I don't know, it epitomizes that whole album for me. Because, like... It's a thesis statement. Yeah, it's like, I understand that maybe people will want me to do things differently. Maybe people have things to say, but like, this is what I want. This is it, and this is what I'm going to do. I have waited many years. Every Every print print I I left upon the the track track has has led led me here. here. I mean, it's yeah. first line of the album. Yeah, I mean, I love Fiona Apple. We both are obsessed with this album. Um, And one of the things that I love about Fiona Apple, music aside, is that so much of, like, her cause as a person is knowing and respecting your own truths. Yeah, that's what... That's what this song is while also kind of expressing this vulnerability of having wanted and maybe still wanting affirmation from other people, which is a really hard thing to balance. Like, yeah, I know a sound is still a sound around no one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That whole, that whole, like there's this string of lyrics that's, I know none of this will matter in the long run, but I know a sound is still a sound around no one. And while I'm in this body, I want somebody to want, and I want what I want and I want you to love me. It's just oh. it's so good. It's just it's, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah, it's just yeah. and and for it to open it is like oh my like it it just like completely took me over, and like getting down to like the song itself, like the verses are really wordy and complex and kind of erratic, but then you land on the chorus, which is just her holding out the word you. It's simple and it's direct and it's like this huge exhale and you like literally hear her kind of running out of breath on the word you. You feel everything that she's feeling. It's like desperate and like sad, but empowering and totally and could also independent of everything that we know about Fiona Apple could be like a love song. Yes. And, and it is, it is about... And it's the fantastic song. Yeah, and it's a fantastic like, song. Sam's, like, literally, like, just, like, <laughs> at the edge of his seat. Like, yeah. I, like, I really think, like, if this were arranged differently, this could be an and I am telling you I'm not going. Yeah. Like, structurally, it is that. It's perfect. It's a perfect song. I love that you picked this as your first one. It ju- It's just the one that I connected with the most, and, like... I think it's perfect given who Fiona is, and it's also perfect if you remove everything about who Fiona is. And given what this album goes on to be. Yeah. Great. Great. I know what your number one is going to be. You obviously know what my number one is going to (laughs) be. Say it with me. Three, two, one. Lilacs. Lilacs by Waxahachie. So. This is also a fucking great song. Yeah. I mean, this is a song that when I heard it, when it came out in February, it was obvious to me that unless something dramatic happened that this would be my favorite song that came out this year yeah you Uh, also said that to me like the first time i heard it i was like this is it so i like waxahachie is like another artist i like have some investment in i had like 
really enjoyed her previous music, which sounds quite different than St. Cloud, which is the album that came out. But she released the lead single Fire um, like a month maybe before this song came out, which is also a song that I absolutely love. Yeah. But this song, it's just like, you know, in, in a way that's not super different from the other songs in my top three. It's just a song with just a really like incredible banging chorus and like yeah. it's really sharp cool writing like if i'm a broken record write it in the dust babe i build myself back up like i used to do and if my bones are made of delicate sugar i won't give up anything good without you. you yeah and it's just like a beautiful like this whole album is just like kind of about her like being in love it has this like country twinge to it this is an album that if this year wasn't such just like a rich year for just amazing full albums, like far and away would have been my number one pick. Lilacs, Fire, and Can't Do Much, which are three Crazy. songs off that were my top three songs on Spotify this year, yeah. which has never happened to me before. Yeah. This album is just like eminently listenable. Completely. It is good for everything. And this song is good for everything. It's like you can sing it in the car. You can work out to it. Mm -hmm. You can just like... It's just, like, about love, and it's just, like, it, it with a different production, it's a top 40 song. Completely. The, the, the chorus of it is just, like, so earwormy and so good. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's just going, like, the melody of the chorus is just kind of going up and down and up and down and up, and it's, like... Yeah, it just jumps, it jumps out of the speakers. Yeah. Yeah, I just love this song. I feel like I shared so many, like, moments over this year with friends listening to this, and... Yeah. It's a fucking awesome it's album. Just, it's just, like, such a good... Yeah. I, I, I have so much more I kind of want to say on this. But I think I'm going to leave maybe the fans edging at this moment. Because <laughs> yeah. Sam and I need to take a little bit of a break. Yeah. We're probably going to take a pause. And this is going to roll into another ep that maybe will be released a day or two after this. Just to yeah, keep we'll you on your a, toes. Yeah, we'll give you a little one-two punch. Um, I think maybe we'll release a Spotify playlist. Yeah. But this yeah, is, this is a two great sets of lists. Yeah, and there were no overlaps, which kind of shocks me. I love that though. Yeah, and like I love that we both knew every song on each other's list. Yeah, well, except for that one. Oh, except for the Susie Save Your Love, but we're gonna listen to that right this second after yeah. we stop recording. I'm gonna go have a little bit of soup. Do you have to pee? Um, I don't need to pee, but that's because I'm dehydrated. Amazing. Sam, do you need to pee? I actually do. Oh, this yeah. is the first time I've had to pee. Okay, and we will see you soon. We'll talk more about our albums list, and you'll continue to indulge us yep. on this amazing journey. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter at RatPod, and look out for more. Yeah. We're, we we're have new, some things some, in the works. Some things brewing, um, which as, is very exciting. And also, if you are listening to us on Spotify... Press that little follow button on the that top. That is the, the key, baby. And maybe tell a friend or two about this if you like it, because we love making it, and when people listen to it, it is more encouraging. Yeah. And it's been really sweet hearing nice things from all of you about this. Yeah. So hold your horses, because albums are coming. Hell yeah. Woo! Woo, 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 woo. Bye, bye, bye.